What's up, guys? Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming on. Super excited to announce this new content I'm creating with Rolf Veenstra, one of my friends from college who's decided he wanted to start down this track and start figuring out how to create content about football and talk about football. So super excited for this. I hope you guys really enjoy it. He's not super educated at this point. He's still learning the nuances, the rules, and still learning the teams themselves. So when I go into my little rant about power rankings later in this episode, you won't hear from much from him because he doesn't know as much as I do currently, but he's learning and learning and learning. I expect him to be a lot more caught up after this first week of games, and we'll definitely have a much better discussion regarding that when that goes ahead and starts up. When we go into this episode, I just want to apologize first and foremost for the audio quality. We're still figuring out a place where we both can record and he's still figuring out his mic situation as this goes on. So it'll get much better as time passes. Super excited. Once again, for you guys to listen to this, you can follow me and the podcast at TGP underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also go ahead and follow Rolf Veenstra on Twitter. I'll make sure to link his Twitter profile in the show notes and in the post that I put on my Twitter for this episode as well as I'll put it into my account as well, the description, so you can find it there. So thank you guys for listening once again. This is all possible because of you guys. So continue listening, continue enjoying, give me feedback. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, whatever you need to do on whatever service you're on. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the show. What's up? I'm Zach, one of your hosts, and I'm here with me with a new host. Just like to welcome Rolf Veenstra. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to get this started. It's first episode of what we're doing here. It's going to be kind of just an overall look at the XFL to go along with my own podcast, The Guard Post. I'm excited to have Rolf on. We don't have a name for this yet. We probably got to figure that out here soon. Exactly. Yeah. So we're talking like big picture XFL here. We're talking rules, teams, power rankings. We're, uh, you know, kind of looking at the news throughout the league, kind of following up with uh, how it's doing as a whole since, uh, you know, these new leagues really haven't been that successful in the past. But, hey, I'm excited for this. I think uh, they're going to bring out a really good product. And, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. So real quick, I just want to get into you because they may know me, but they don't know you at all yet. What's your kind of background in football? How did you grow up with the game and what makes you so excited about the XFL? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, you know, grew up playing football uh, as a youth. But then uh, when I got into high school, I kind of went away from the sport, just became a fan. But I, uh, I got roped into playing my senior year and uh, played really well, actually. So having a background in basketball and just loving sports and loving football, I played really well. Uh, was able to then play next year in college and uh, played for the next two years at George Fox University with Zach. We were locker neighbors. So, so yeah, I was uh, excited for that opportunity. And, uh, yeah, now I can just talk football. Love it. Oh, yeah. I mean, saw a lot of each other throughout those two years. It was fun, but it was definitely grueling at times. Oh, yeah, I for mean, sure. 
But hey, we got to learn a lot about football. We understand a lot. We both came from different sides of the ball, which can give us a little bit of an interesting perspective here. We can do talk a little more offense. I can talk a little more defense, what we see throughout the league, some of the trends and different things like that, which will be a lot of fun. Real quick, I just want to get to what team did you kind of gravitate towards when you first kind of discovered this and when you looked at uniforms and players and different things like that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, so I kind of looked at uh, Seattle. Seattle's kind of going to be the team that I adopt because I am from Spokane, Washington. So shout out to all my Spokaneites out there. But yeah, and they also have, you know, the green and gold going for them, you know. Uh, that was my alma mater, Northwest Christian. We are green and gold. So yeah, just everything about them. Any players that you, when you've taken a quick look at the roster, any players that kind of stand out to you that you kind of like? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, big picture, like in the league kind of thing. Uh, I uh, I watched Cardell Jones in college, and uh, man, that guy has a cannon. He could throw it like 80 oh, yeah. yards. Like, so his nickname was 12 gauge, I think, right? Bro, it's insane. Like, that dude just launches the freaking ball oh, yeah. down the field. Yeah. So, like, him, he's huge. Landry Jones, I know he uh, he got injured during training camp, which is huge. But um, I think I really enjoyed him playing in the NFL, seeing what he could uh, still do today with uh, the XFL, seeing uh, get this league off the ground. So Oh, yeah. No, I'm super excited. You know about the new rule changes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The new rules that kind of putting a twist to what the NFL has. You know, they, uh, they think they can make some improvements with the rules, kickoffs, punts, like – comebacks all these kind of different things like it'd be a high-paced kind of league and i'm really excited for it so yeah you want to go over some of the rules yeah absolutely what's some of the rules that stood out to you that you like the most yeah honestly it's uh probably the opportunities for comebacks so um like they have really fast like they have a continuous moving clock yeah. and a 25 second play clock and so the ball is always moving and uh when you do score, you have point. You have an opportunity for a point after touchdowns. It's not just like the one point in the NFL. Um, it's like the one to two, th- one two or three point yeah. rules, which is kind of huge in this thing because it changes how scoring will look. It will get like freaking a lot of nine to six games, which usually would just be field goals, but those were only the touchdown scored. It'll be nine to eight, which you don't see very often. So it's going to be really interesting to look at and really fun to watch. I'm excited to see the strategy that kind of, we saw it a little bit. And when I watched the AAF, when I was writing about it, you saw them consistently going for two point after touchdowns. There was no, oh, you can kick a field goal. It was always, hey, we're from the two, we're going for two. Exactly. And that was interesting because they had a new dynamic to the game. But this is just the next level, the next step. And it's really going to be fun to watch. And I'm excited to watch it because it's going to be interesting, man. There's going to be so many big influential plays there's gonna be teams that are down by 18 but they're only down two scores exactly yeah. the three that would normally yeah be. yeah it definitely uh, changes your perspective it's gonna be interesting to see the strategies behind this that the coaches will bring i mean yeah there's there's a lot of things these guys are sharp football minds these guys aren't joe schmoes pulled off the street they're like some really top names that like that were have history in the nfl have history in the ncaa like all these guys, they're they're legit. This is oh, yeah. a bunch of schmucks out there, you know. What I know. I'm saying? I mean, when you look at the coaches, we got Kevin Gilbride, two Super Bowls with the Giants as an offensive coordinator. Not the best record as a head coach. That's why he hasn't been, but he's a he's a very talented offensive coordinator that's that's has a history in the NFL. Look at Bob Stutes, head coach for the Oklahoma for the Oklahoma Sooners. Won, I believe, a, at least one or two national championships there and was consistently at least top ten in the in the nation with that team. And you just look, there's talent every freaking 
every freaking organization. Pep Hamilton was, uh, I believe, the coach for Stanford for a little bit, and then coached in the NFL at a couple of various positions. There's a lot of talent on these teams, even at the coaching staffs. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's gonna be very interesting to watch. I mean, uh, I don't. I think the problems with the kind of the alternative leagues in the past, like the XFL old, where they kind of tried to combine like the MMA kind of thing is just didn't really work because they didn't put out a very good product. I think this league really has an opportunity to put out a good product because they're, they have like this long training camp. They're not throwing it together last minute, like the AAF uh, and uh, yeah, I think, should be good. And you know, one of the problems with AF was the fact there was a lack of funding. And I think that's partly because they only gave it a year to get it all together. The XFL took two years and some time before that to figure out the kinks of the rules, figure out funding and figure out where they're going to put their teams. And they've it's really been a laborious process coming up to this. When I first heard about the XFL coming around, I was like, oh, really? They're doing this again? I'm more excited for this new product that was the AAF. But really, I should have been like, okay, the XFL has funding. They got Vince McMahon, who's filthy rich. That oh, man for has sure. an insane amount of money yeah. <laughs> that he can just throw at this product and see if it works. He's not going to be too hurt by it. I mean, it's still going to hurt if he loses $500 million. It's a lot of money to lose. But I'm pretty sure he has plenty of millions out there that he can just fall back on and be okay with. So he can throw that $500 million into these first three years, even if it's not making a lot of money, and see if it expands from there. It's going to be really interesting to see how this develops. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I read online uh, before this that, um, like, for example, the Green Bay Packers are the only public uh, team that releases these numbers. Mm-hmm. They spend $420 million a year just on operating exp- expenses for the team. So, like, to get a team off the ground and to operate costs a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And, like, it takes a while before you start getting returns on that. Mm-hmm. So, having deep pockets is something that's really important for these leagues to last. Because you look down the list, like, arena football leagues, they've come and gone. You got the AAF, they came and gone. And then the XFL of old, it was there and now it's not. So, yeah. uh, I really hope that this league lasts. But, I mean, you can call me skeptical that... I need to see it happen first. Oh, yeah, no, I totally get that. That's how I've been this entire time. Like, I'm a fan. I'm excited for it. But in reality, I got burned by the AAF last year. I was writing about it. I was spending time following it. And then all of a sudden, it was just, we're done after week eight. No more. And I was like, wait, what? You got to be joking. Mm -hmm. But then it comes to this, and I'm still skeptical. I don't know if it's going to work. I hope it does. It looks like we have the fan support that we need. A lot of these teams are reporting really good ticket sales for being a first-year league. We got to realize... Some of these stadiums are probably going to look empty, especially if the weather's bad. Mm-hmm. That was kind of something you saw in the AAF is like some of these stadiums when the weather wasn't great, especially in Memphis and Birmingham, Alabama, when the weather during the spring is not fantastic. Yeah. They had stadiums looked empty. It was pouring rain. People don't want to come to a team that they're not totally invested in if it's pouring rain. So these first couple of seasons, we're going to see some empty stadiums. But yeah. if they're selling those tickets, people are buying the tickets. That's the good thing. They're making money off of those tickets. And that's what we want to see. Yeah, and it's uh, it's funny that you say that because these guys, these these fans, they don't have loyalty to the team yet. So, like, I don't know. For example, for me, I've been a Miami Dolphins fan my entire life. Like, people ask me all the time, "How'd you become a Dolphins fan?" I know you're a Panthers yes. fan, so like, both have rough seasons. Let's just say, it right there. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's just say, that, hey, get to it next year. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, like these. Like our fans have been fans for generations and they've been passed down and like we've had their jerseys. We've had this history 
And when a new league comes up, we haven't had any of that history, none of that legacy where like your parents are like a huge fan of this team and pass it down to you. Like, this is all new. And it's like, uh, hope, hope that it sticks, you know? know. So, And if you think about it, one of the first things I saw when they built this league is they put teams in NFL markets, which bothered me a little bit. They put one in LA. Football in LA has always been kind of a struggle. You look at the LA Chargers with Tentas, mm-hmm. It's really bad. They barely, it's mostly away fans at their games. <laughs> Maybe they should join the XFL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'd probably get more fans at a freaking New York Guardians game than a LA Chargers Sweet. game at this point. But when you look at it, you kind of just see the struggle that those teams in LA are having. But then when you think about it, putting a new team in LA, it gives those fans a chance if that team wins quick to bond around a single team. And you can get all those fans that are split amongst different fandoms to kind of congeal onto that team same with a team like new york yeah those two franchises in new york have really struggled recently the new york jets and the new york giants really struggled but if you have a successful team in the new york guardians they can bond around that and become kind of one fan base for that team like jets fans and giants fans can come together and cheer for the guardians mm-hmm. they can come to those games and get pretty good attendance through that and you kind of see that throughout tampa bay not a good team tampa bay buccaneers been bad for years what famous Jameis? Famous not Jameis, thirty for thirty. No, not, <laughs> not good. <laughs> Fun to watch, not good. So the Bucks have been bad, right? But if you put a Vipers team, if they're successful, that draws fans because they're like, yeah. oh, we finally get a good product. Yeah. We finally get a winning team. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Tampa Bay has not been a great sports town for yeah. a while. I think the Rays are pretty good, but nobody goes to those games. Yep. So yeah, some of the worst attendance in the MLB. I know so. which sucks because they've, they've, it seems like they've got a good team. Yeah. And you think usually winning draws fans. And it's a weird conundrum there. Mm-hmm. But I think if the Vipers start winning, it's a team there. They can start winning games and it's football. So it's fun to watch. People love going to a football game. So yeah, exactly. And you kind of just see that throughout Houston Roughnecks. They have a successful team, but they've never made it to the championship. They oh, made yeah. it to the Super Bowl. They're still kind of new in a team uh, in a city that's really set, centered around transients, meaning people moving there from other te- mm-hmm. other cities to get jobs. They have For sure. pre-existing fandoms. But when you create this new team, they're like, oh, I don't have a team in the XFL. I live here right now. Boom, I'm a Houston fan. So you kind of see that throughout their choices. And I really like those choices now looking back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I totally get that. And uh, you know, having these, uh, these new markets in the AAF, so like you said, Birmingham and yeah. like, they're not used to football, but like football in Texas is no joke. Like, no, not at all. Like high school, they pack those stadiums out. Like they have what, like 60,000 like seat Something stadiums for there. high I mean, school. Those stadiums look like small D one stadiums. I'm over here at our small little D three school, and I look at those stadiums. And I'm like, man, I want to play in that. Dude, I've never played in anything like fair. that. <laughs> yeah, it's not fair, honestly. Yeah, so like Texas has always put out a like a great product for football. Texas, Florida, California, those are the three states that come to mind when it comes to high school football. And then they also, you know, each of them have a huge influence in the NFL and in college. So having this other layer of the XFL coming into those states, I think is really going to be huge for uh, the XFL success. So you talked a little bit about high school football, and I think there's a really interesting story about a guy on the St. Louis Battlehawks, Kenny Robinson. He's a safety you may not have heard of this. They've been building a little bit of ground. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a former college player. He spent like a year or two in college. Forgoed his eligibility in college to really? come to the XFL to play. Yeah. So he's getting paid to play football. Right. And he's also still eligible for the NFL draft after the season. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because uh, 
Like the rule is you have to stay in college for three years. Or it's at, only three years out of high school. Three That's years out of high school. Gotcha. Yeah. So like players like uh, Trevor Lawrence, he has to play another year at Clemson before yeah. he can uh, declare for the draft. So, so yeah, this is honestly a great like alternative because I mean, you have a lot of these players growing up in struggling families where they need that cash flow oh, yeah. after college. They don't, if they're a beast, they don't need to like get a college education. They're going to no. be taken care of if they go to the NFL. They can do it after. And exactly. one thing that's one thing that's interesting that I've seen, uh, it's not very publicized, but I believe the XFL actually provides the ability for you to go take classes, mm. online classes okay. during the season. So it's an option for you at that time. Like, hey, we'll pay for this schooling. So he can still get schooling and he's still getting paid to play football. Yeah. So it's almost like a free scholarship, except you're getting that extra spending money, which is really nice. And I think it's an option. We could see a lot of players eventually start grabbing onto, especially a lot of young college players grabbing onto, and we can get a lot of really good talent next ball, even if it's oh, for, for a sure. year or two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you see that movement already in the NBA, for example. Oh, yeah. Like LaMelo Ball kind of, well, I mean, he ruined his eligibility by his whole shoe deal. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> and his dad, whatever. But you, like, you got guys like RJ Hampton who uh, yeah. who went to Australia to get paid first and like get on the national scene, play against mm. really good competition. I mean, yeah. And now he's going to go to the NBA next year. I mean, European players have been doing it for years. They play yeah. at a professional level. You look look at Luka Doncic. He was getting paid to play at that uh, that that professional level before coming to the NBA. Yeah, for and sure. he's going to make bank with his next contract. He's going to get a max deal right out of his rookie deal. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. you could warrant that they should the Mavericks should try to extend him right now. Yeah. They should do his best. I don't know the rules, the contract rules, but my idea is always extend your talent early. So that if they're bad, you can get them before they get really good. Oh, yeah, for sure. And there's so much frustration right now uh, surrounding the NCAA. And Oh, yes. Like, I basketball comes to mind because I, uh, I follow that a lot. Um, you got uh, the projected number one pick at, oh, in I Memphis. Yeah. Apparently, he... Uh, he took some favors from his coach and I think he helped them move. Exactly. <laughs> like he helped him like something ridiculous like that. Like he's just helping out like one of his players mm-hmm. and the NCAA said, no, you can't play again this year. Yeah. So, so he just uh, left. And he's like, I'm just going to work on this myself. Exactly. Exactly. So and he's still probably going to be the number one draft pick. Yeah. So I think a lot of people look at the NCAA and say, man, they're, they're really controlling. they, they're not letting their players like it's not a very like player friendly league is more of like coaches and executives, you know, no, no. like, so, I mean, look at, um, or, or coach Ordron, he got like a over a $5 million bonus for winning the national championship. You want to know how much the players got zero. Yeah. I mean, they do get nice facilities, nice gear. Cool. But I mean, great, great school. You know how yeah. much money they're making the, um, the school it's, yeah only right for them to be like, okay, you know what? We're going to put this into you, into the, the program, so you guys can get better and make us more money. That's the whole idea. Oh, yeah, but they still sure. don't see any of it, which yeah. I think is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I mean, like a little bonus. I mean, that's a full-time job. We know full well being yeah. D3 athletes that, like, you're going to practice for four hours and then doing film for another two hours. Oh, and yeah. then, like, your body is just in pain year-round. Oh, I mean, you got an injury yeah. freshman year. I mean, I, I've had my fair share of like bangs and bruises and I mean, being at D3, we don't even get a scholarship. So yeah. these guys, they're making millions for their school. They're getting like banged up. They're 
like so much publicity being on ESPN, oh, yeah. everything. National and, they, and to be fair, like us at D3, yeah, we work really hard, but there's also a limit on how much we can do. They do a lot more than us. Oh, for sure. We're not allowed to do two a days anymore. Yeah. At the D3 level, at the D1 level, I'm pretty sure they're still allowed to do two a days. Mm-hmm. And then they do, they work, they have practices in the morning. They do a whole night of film. They literally in film probably for like six hours. Yeah. And they're not allowed to do their homework. And it's like, okay, so you say they're supposed to get this education, right? That's their main focus. But then they don't have time to do oh. that outside of what you're making them do for practice and stuff. So you might as yeah. well pay them for practice if you're not going to get them this education. No, honestly. And like I get my summer vacation, I go up and I see Clemson's already starting practice in I know. June. I know. Like, I'm just like, June, July, August. They start their season like late August, early September. Mm-hmm. And they go all the way to like the first week of January. Mm-hmm. Practice every day. And then right after they're done, what do you think it is? 5 a.m. workouts. For oh, them. bro. Don't get me started. I'm so happy. I love football. Don't get me wrong. But those 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. workouts were terrible. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like these guys, they're just grinding all the time. And why not grind for like a team you're going to get paid for? Why not come to the XFL exactly. as an option and get paid to do this? It just makes sense. It's what if I was in one of their situations, I'd really, my family's always preached education, education, education. So if I saw that I had an opportunity to take online classes here and still get completely paid for what I'm doing on the football field, 100% I'm taking this option. Oh yeah, for sure. A degree is a degree. I don't care if it's from Clemson or Ohio State. When it comes to that level, if you're not at a Stanford or an Ivy League school, a degree is a degree, whether it's online school or it's Ohio State. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, this is honestly like a great option for these football players because, I mean, what you got the CFL, the NFL, and that's basically there's, there's, there's European league or something. No, there's no European league. I know the um, there's yeah. the indoor football league, the IFL, and then that national um, national association or national arena league. I think right, which is excuse me, the NAL, but those are really small leagues. Right. Shout out to the Spokane Shock. Spokane so, Shock. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's my arena football team. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, um, exactly. So there aren't a lot of options for these guys. I mean, like, you see, you see players like, um, like Gordon from uh, from the Patriots. Oh, yeah. cut. I mean, he can use something like the XFL to like kind of get his life back together, so he can get back to. Yeah, pretty sure NFL. Gordon's with the Seahawks now, actually. Oh, right, but he may right. end up getting. Um, I think he got resuspended, honestly, oh, because right. of yep. marijuana, which is actually something really cool. The thing about the XFL doesn't test for marijuana. Uh huh. It's taking that next step. The NFL always tests for marijuana. That's one of the main ways they get athletes. But actually, a lot of athletes have talked about how they use marijuana as a painkiller. Mm-hmm. And a natural painkiller, a natural pain sedative versus like actual hard like prescription drugs, which a lot of players can get addicted to. And there's been cases of that throughout the NFL. Yeah, for so. sure. And yeah, I have my opinions on that. I mean, I, uh, I, I made it through... Uh, Two years of college football, not not doing that. Yeah, but cool, yes, but I. I, I <laughs> you're not going against guys like Sean Oakman, to be very fair. That's true. <laughs> These yeah. guys are running yeah. like four fours in full speed, just yeah. nailing you. And at that level, it's just completely different. I we worked hard, we played hard, but it's still D three is still good football. I want everybody to understand that D three is great football. There's a lot of great athletes at the D three level, but what we have to understand is there's the floor of talent at like a D one and that. NFL and even XFL level, the floor of it is the ceiling of ours. So while there's still, so like the ceiling of ours is maybe like a couple like players above the floor of like the XL. So you'll get guys like um, P 
Pierre Garçon, who came from Mount Union, the probably the best school in D3 football. And he made a lot of noise at the NFL. And that's probably the ceiling. Yeah. But the floor of the players is higher than the floor. Oh, for of sure. Yeah. I mean, you and I both know we, we play like, how did you even get on this roster, man? Like, yeah. exactly. So I, I do agree with that. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's a healthier alternative to like things like um, Oxycontin or Hydrocodone or these other painkillers that can be really dangerous for a person because they're very addicted. Yeah. Well, weed is like a little bit safer from that perspective. I'm not saying it's the safest thing. I don't smoke myself. I'm not saying that it's the first thing you should go to, but it's a really good option for these players that need something like that. And it's not something extremely addictive like oxycodone or hydrocodone or something like that. right and with the movement of it being legal all over the US, exactly i mean it's almost starting to get like the alcohol kind of vibe in, in a way like mm-hmm. legality and like the casualness exactly so, where you can while you can get addicted to alcohol and like say marijuana there are ways to use it healthful health healthily and like correctly where you're not getting addicted you're not using it too much you're not wake up in the morning and just blazing up right away yeah that's exactly. not what i'm suggesting think, i'm saying like maybe yeah. after a hard practice like once or twice a week you're like okay i just need something to chill out relax my muscles something like that so you do that yeah for sure and i think like the nfl is a little bit behind on these kind of things oh yeah and definitely yeah like i know vince mcmahon back in uh 2001 when uh started the xfl uh he was like he called the nfl the no fun league Oh, and, yeah. you can see that at times. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, they just amended the rule where now you can celebrate in the end with zone your teammates. teammates. <laughs> exactly. So they just did that like two years ago, which exactly. is insane to me. Yeah. So Roger Good, everybody's frustrated with Roger Goodell. I mean, I, I can't speak for the man personally, but I know a lot of people have seen what he's done with the NFL and had some disagreements about it. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, an opportunity like the XFL to come in and and kind of have those different perspectives on how oh, yeah. players can play the game of football. It's not just one set way. Go to college, go to the NFL. Like, there's a lot of options here. Like, this could legitimately be a competitor for the NFL. I don't know if it'll ever be a competitor. Like, this is just my take. Um, the way the XFL, the way the NFL is built, it has a monopoly on professional football. All the best talent wants to go there because that's where the, all the money is. It'll take like 20 plus years for the XFL to even get close to that level. Exactly, but I yeah. do think it can get to where it's almost like, not exactly like it's almost like almost like a European league for basketball, except it's right here in America. And we just get more football. So yeah. there's it's definitely a little bit lower level of talent. There's nothing we're going to be able to do to like kind of stop that. But what it's going to become is this other avenue for players to play the game. And there's so much football talent that never gets onto the field in the NFL that this is going to be a huge option for players that actually want to play. And while you can get a lot of money being a backup quarterback in the NFL, hopefully, eventually, starting quarterbacks in the XFL are making close to that kind of money. Yeah, yeah. So we can draw some of those guys down here. And while that may take 10, 20 years, I'm just hoping the league's here that long. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be really interesting to see. I'm super excited for that. And, man, like, I don't know. I just I can't wait for some more football in the spring. It's nice to be able to just finish the Super Bowl, get through the play, get to the playoffs. When I find out, oh, the Panthers aren't in the playoffs again, exactly. um, I can go and like you know what? I got more football to look forward to after the Super Bowl. Like I'll enjoy the playoffs, watching the playoffs. It's fun watching Lamar Jackson do his thing. It's fun watching Patrick Mahomes be a fucking beast. Yeah, and I don't know, it's just 
good to know that, hey, there's another team I can cheer for after the Panthers are mathematically eliminated. Right, for sure. Yeah. And if you're uh, you're just a fan of football exclusively, mm-hmm. it's it's like a really good way to stay uh, stay in oh, touch yeah. with the game and yeah, keep that love for the game burning. I think oh, that's yeah. that's like why a lot of us watch football is because like we feel a connection to the game and um yeah, we really value that. I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to basketball season, but there's that time in like like during the spring where basketball is kind of everybody's just kind of going through the motions and everything and uh there's no base or baseball is starting up spring training yeah i know like there's really like not a lot going on oh yeah and so having like a football league like the xfl step in and kind of fill that gap would be like really valuable i think oh yeah and also we got to look at what times in each sport matter and when you look at that fer- that February March area, there's March Madness in March. That's cool, but that's only on the weekends in March, right? If we look at when basketball, when people start to really watch basketball, it's when you get to the playoffs. A lot of people say, a lot of people have a gripe with the NBA because regular season basketball doesn't feel like it matters, right? For the most part, same with regular season baseball. Oh, for sure. People don't watch Even start watching so. until October, yeah. when it's. It's October. There's Mr. October, Mr. November, those guys yeah, that make plays baseball, during that time. Though, so. And it's baseball, and it's fun to watch. I enjoy watching playoff baseball. Yeah, yeah, I just don't sure. like watching regular season baseball unless yeah, yeah. I'm at a ballpark. Mm-hmm. Being at a ballpark is fantastic. That's oh, one thing sure. I like the Renegades, the Dallas Renegades. They're actually playing their games in, a, in the um, old Texas Rangers ballpark. Really? And they made it so that um, the stadium goes all around the field. And if they successfully use space, some of the extra space very successfully to put like maybe some VIP fans and different things like that and different events down there, that could be a really cool venue that I'd, would be really cool to go to. Of course, I'm a broke college student, so I can't afford to fly down there and buy tickets, hey, which kind of sucks. But I do want to go to, and maybe you'll come up with me in March, I do want to go to the um, Seattle Dragons um, New York Guardians game. Yeah, it'd be that's, really fun. That's a game I want to go to and see yeah. if I can hopefully get some little access there but you know I'm saying yeah we'll, we'll see interviews. we'll see we'll see we'll see how that develops yeah. but i don't know it's gonna be a really cool venue there's also the cool a cool venue in dc the audi field it's a soccer field and the stadium's a little bit smaller but that's perfectly fine for the guardian for not the guardians for the defenders i believe because it's about a twenty five thousand game yeah. so that stadium will look full if they can get it full right which is really cool for tv purposes it looks like a really cool venue it's got a great view and it looks like a fantastic venue to play in. So that's something that's really cool. They're not choosing a huge, gigantic stadium like the Guardians are choosing because they're playing in MetLife. That's going to make that, that those fans look really small yeah. in that stadium. And it's not going to be great for views, but there's not a lot of the places to play in New York that are right. big enough. Right, so. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got the Chargers. I know we mentioned them earlier yeah. on. Um, they're playing in like a... What is it, like a, a 50, soccer stadium? Yeah, I think. a soccer stadium. They have like 25,000 people. Yeah, I think. there's not a lot of like seats in that stadium. But yeah. I mean, it looks full. Yeah, of it the does. Away look- team's fans, but it looks full, which is good. <laughs> I mean, they're selling tickets. So if you're looking from straight a numerical standpoint, like yeah, minus yeah. the importance of having your home fans and home field advantage, ignore that right now. We know the Chargers are not the example we want to look at for that. But if you look at just filling the stadium, they realized, hey, we're not going to have a huge fan base our first year. They were right. We're not going to get a ton of fans to the games. They were right. But they made it so they got the they got a stadium that fits the number of fans they were expecting. 
Yeah. And they got those fans. And now they're all away fans, which isn't good. And that's not what we want in the XFL. Yeah, no, but, they, they need to go back to San Diego. It's, yeah, it's that's ridiculous. The, that's that's bad. There's, a, there's people in San Diego that want them back. Just without their owner. They don't want the owner back. But it's when you look at that, it's the correct move to make to get a 25,000, probably 25,000 to 30,000 seat stadium. Because you can fill that up and it'll look full and it'll look good on TV. That's kind of the big thing. The stadium will still get rowdy. You got 25,000, 30,000 people in there. It's going to get loud, oh, yeah, especially sure. in a confined space yeah. like that. Whereas if you're in a 25,000 to 30,000 people in a 50,000 seat stadium, yeah, it does not look filled, bro. It's like, that's kind of my one gripe for choosing MetLife Stadium, CenturyLink Stadium. It's just not going to look filled. Right. It's not going to look full unless you strategically use like banners and stuff on the upper section. But yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. what I'm a little worried about, those bigger stadiums. Yeah, and yeah. obviously the, the league hasn't, like we haven't seen anything yet. Oh yeah, starts in a week. Oh yeah, I'm so excited. So yeah, it starts in a week. So literally, we just we just gotta like sit back and see what kind of product they put on. Like oh yeah, see the fan response. I think right now, I th- I think it looks good. Like, oh yeah, yeah, they're they're trying to go away from the not fun league kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I know uh, their Twitter put out like they're having some like beef with Antonio Brown or. Or, oh yeah, you remember they, that? Yeah, I remember that. I yeah, remember so that. everybody's like, Antonio Brown needs to come to the XFL, and Antonio Brown like responded, "Heck no!" And oh. so the XFL is like, "No, we don't even want him." Oh. Like it was just it's too crazy, bro. Like that's not that would not be a good thing. That's what the AF struggled with late. They signed Johnny Manziel. There was no reason to sign Johnny Manziel. Yeah, like I respect that he was trying to get back in football, cool. But it turned out they had a pretty good quarterback in Brandon Silvers, who's now the starter for Seattle. Um, he was playing pretty well at a high level at that time. And then they just went and signed Johnny Manziel and it ended up being this huge unnecessary QB battle because the fans were cheering for Manziel when Silvers was in and playing well. Mm. And I'm just like, why are you cheering for Manziel when Silvers is winning right. you this game? But it just saw that it brought the wrong kind of attention to the league, which is like people say all press, there's no bad press. That's not true. Like you want press. Cool. That's awesome. But there is bad press. There's things that may, people will see like, oh, you just signed Johnny Menzel to sign Johnny Menzel. I'm not watching that crap. People will say that. You just signed Antonio Brown to sign Antonio Brown. I'm not watching that. Yeah. People will say that. So it's important to make sure you put the right perception out there of the league. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into power rankings a little bit. Let's get into ranking these teams, seeing where we go from there and what we think. So we had some betting odds released recently, which was really interesting. They actually had, I think, the Vipers up top, um, which I found really interesting. They have, what is it? Oh, never mind. Looks like I was a little wrong here. It looks like the Dallas Renegades are up top, which is really, the Vipers are second. They're tied. Okay, so I was kind of right. Pardon yep, me. Yep. <laughs> Your uh, New York Guardians came in last. Which I think is wrong. You should easily take the over on this, and I'll tell you why really <laughs> quick. They may not end up being champions. I don't know. But we've got probably one of the best secondaries in the league. We got Jamar Summers, who's a stud at cornerback. Probably one of the best ones in the league. He played really well in the AF. He actually got some time in the NFL. And he's a really talented corner, really good man. We got really good depth at the safety positions. Demetrius Cox, Drayvon Askew Henry, Wes Sutton. They're all very talented in their position when you watch the college film. Then you look at Ranthony Tejada, a guy from TCU that I really like. I think he's a fantastic man technique corner. Plays really well there. And then you look at our linebacker and core. We got Ben Heaney, who played a lot of time with the Texans and the Raiders and spent a lot of time there playing at a high level. We got guys that fit in really well all over the place there. 
we got a pretty good offensive line, it looks like, with Jaron Jones, who's a former defensive tackle for Notre Dame, 6'9", big guy, really nimble because he used to play defense tackle, so he had to hand fight a lot. He can play tackle pretty well. John Kling is a right tackle. He's really good. And then Matt McGloin, one of the most veteran quarterbacks out there for the team. He may yeah, not have the sure. best arm strength, but yep. he has NFL starting experience. He oh, won yeah. some games. He threw 11 touchdowns, 11 interceptions in the NFL, so he's about one-to-one there, which isn't terrible for a like backup Jameis quarterback. Numbers. Like Jameis numbers. Uh, like Jameis. I'll have Jameis the... Uh, <laughs> They go and I could see him actually in the offense the Guardians might have. I could see him taking on that role of being a gunslinger. Yeah. Like it's weird. That's the Kevin Gilbride loves though. And even in the preseason game against the Vipers, which we beat the Vipers, I just want to throw it out there. And it was a preseason game, but we still beat them. Um, I think that he threw three touchdowns and two interceptions. So it was kind of a back and forth day. But those three touchdowns were all, I believe, 50 plus yard touchdowns. Right, for sure. And he was slinging that thing. And then we got talented receivers. Two of them are on short-term IR, which means they could be back week one. But Taylor Redding is a guy from Bowling Green who's really exploded onto the scene for the Guardians. Makes a lot of big plays down the field. Really a jump-catch kind of guy. I don't know, man. I think people, a lot of people are sleeping on the Guardians. I think they've got a really talented team. I think they make the playoffs. I think you take the over on this every day of the week. I saw one that had them at three and a half wins. I'm like, there's no way they're just winning three and a half games. Maybe I'm a Can little bit a half biased. Game? What? Can you oh, win a half game? Hi. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, I, I'm just excited to watch. Um, I honestly don't have any opinions yet. Yeah. Um, until I see the product that gets put out there. I know betting is a huge part oh, of this league. Oh, huge part. Which and is that's like... Big one of the big like attractors to this league and like like it's, it's going to be really interesting i know the nfl just uh became more like gambling mm-hmm. friendly this last year but i think the xfl like really rides on that like putting wagers on games and oh yeah that kind of thing so yeah it's, it's going to be really interesting this year um after uh, this next week I'll, I'll probably come out with my own power rankings after yeah. watching the games so. we'll kind of just discuss them here really quick it won't be yeah. too in depth i just want to be very clear um, but it's good to get something out just so we have an idea. I totally agree with this. These title odds as power rankings. I don't think they're right. Going uh-huh. into week one, I'll kind of give you a, a list. And we'll kind of go through them from bottom to top. My bottom right now, it's kind of tough to say, but I'm not a huge fan of the St. Louis Battlehawks. Okay. Maybe just me. I don't think they have a lot of certainty of the QB position. Jordan Tiamu from um, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. He's talented, but he's a little uncertain when it comes to throwing the ball. Right. Taylor Heineke played for the Carolina Panthers for a little bit, actually. And he's pretty talented, but he's their backup. Um, there's not a lot of talent they have at the receiver positions that I know. And they're running back. I believe they have Christian Michael, who used to play for the um, Seahawks. Yep. But other than that, on the defensive side of the ball, I don't know a lot of their names. I just don't see a lot out of them. I don't see them being really good out here. I expect them to probably at the bottom of the league at the end of the year. Yeah, for sure. Um that's my eight. Number seven, I'd probably say this is a tough one because it gets really mixed up because we've never seen any of these guys play. Just want to throw it out there. But I'd probably go <sighs> weird, but I'm probably going to go the LA Wildcats. I don't I don't know what they have. Josh Johnson's a really good quarterback coming out of there. He's he has Alex, ugh, he has NFL experience, which I value very highly on this list. But I don't know what else they have. They traded their best receiver, Rashad Ross, away, which was interesting. Um, they seem to have a pretty good defense, but I don't know if they're going to be able to put it all together on offense to make a lot of plays. Their running back position has a lot of questions, and their receiver position has a lot of questions since they cut a couple of the guys that I think were really good, which is really interesting to see. Number six, I see probably 
actually either six and five are really close for me. I probably see the Houston Roughnecks and the Vipers up there. I'm not a huge fan of the Vipers roster. I know Aaron Murray's on there. People, a lot of people love the Aaron Murray, Mark Tressman combo. Mark Tressman used to be the head coach for the Chicago Bears, but I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't think Aaron Murray's that good. We saw him in the AAF a little bit with the Atlanta Legends. It was an, it was not a great coaching situation there, not a great offensive situation at all. But I'm just not a huge fan of that roster, and I'm not a huge fan of him at quarterback. So that drops him. Probably he'll probably be my number six team, and then number five will be the Roughnecks. They're really a wild card for me. I love their offense. They have they have no tight ends on their roster. It's going to be all four or five wide. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. PJ Walker looks like a really fun quarterback. So I could see them really jumping up on this, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to take a minute for them to get used to that system. Yeah. I don't know how much de- depth they have at the running back or wide receiver positions. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that develops, but I'm a fan of their offense. I also don't know anything about their defense. Yeah, for sure. That's going to be one of the struggles there, but PJ Walker is a really fun quarterback out of temple, yep. but I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. They also have Connor cook as their backup from Michigan state. I don't know how good he is. I was a little down on him when he was in the NFL. I don't, he's not a great quarterback. I think PJ Walker's more exciting, more fun, brings a different element to his game than him. He's a little bit, he's a little more mobile. So I think that'll be really fun to watch on that offense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, where do you have your guardians? I know guard boys. guardians. Um, you, you better not have them number no, one. They're not Come on. One. They're not number one. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I probably have it four. probably the Seattle dragons. Actually. I think okay. they're, going to be that four spot there. I think they've got a really balanced team. It's going to be interesting to see what they have a receiver. They don't have a lot of like blue chip talent at receiver. They've got a lot of really good running backs and Kenneth Farrow, um, Trey Williams and Jaquan Gardner. They're all really good running backs that showed have showed signs at different levels of play. And that's going to be really interesting to watch there. They've got a bunch of tight ends. Evan Rodriguez is a pretty good tight end. And defensively, they've got a couple of really good safeties. They have a really talented secondary there as well. So I'd expect them to be their fourth in my power rankings right now. Third, I'd probably end up going third and second are between my, the Dallas Renegades and the New York Guardians. Um, that's a flip-flop. Bob Stoops is a fantastic coach. I'm a little worried about the quarterback, situ- quarterback situation with the Dallas Renegades. I don't know how long Landry Jones is going to be out. He's supposed to be back by latest week two, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. But in such a short season, it's a 10-week season, you can – fall behind very quickly oh for sure and he missed like a majority of training camp exactly. and that's huge. that's huge especially when you're learning he is familiar with bob soup's offense which is good he's from oklahoma yep so he's familiar with that offense so it's not a bad thing but i'm a little worried about that there and then renegades wise uh, jazz ferguson has a, had a great camp coming out he's a really talented receiver looks like and jeff Badette's really fast but other than that i don't know what they have a receiver and then defensively i'm not sure what else is there so it's gonna be really interesting to see how that develops and then I'll go ahead and just do this. I know I'm a little bit biased here, but the New York Guardians will be my number two. Like I said earlier, talented secondary. Once DeMarcus, um, DeMarcus Yancey and D'Angelo Yancey, pardon me, D'Angelo Yancey and Tanner Gentry come back from short-term IR, it's a really talented receiver core with Mikhail McKay, um, D'Angelo Yancey, Tanner Gentry, and then T.O. Redding rounding that out. It's a really fantastic top four, and then you got a lot of depth behind that as well. Um, I don't know what type of offense we're going to be running. That's a little worrying to me. Um, during the scrimmage, we lived and died by the deep ball, which is fun to watch, but can be really dangerous. I mean, we threw four touchdowns over 50 yards. There are four over 50 yard touchdowns, really explosive. We also threw two picks and then we didn't run the ball. I don't know if we ran the ball very well. So it's a little bit worrying, especially in the weather. That's probably going to be in New York during this time of year. It's not fantastic. 
But we also have talented running backs in Justin Stockton and, and Matthew Colburn. Every team has talented players. I want to throw this out there real quick. Every team has talented players. But I think this team's built very well. This should have kept four tight ends on our roster. But I don't know how that's going to develop. I just think this team is very well, well-rounded and well-built. I'm a little worried about our pass rush. But with a really talented secondary, the pass rush will just happen. Yeah, it's it's gonna you're gonna keep the quarterback from throwing for like four seconds and the pass rush will get there. So I'm not too worried about that. I've always been more of a secondary guy versus a pass rush guy. Maybe it's because I played safety, but I've also <laughs> like listened to a lot of people talk about how they value a talented quarterback over a talented edge rusher because mm-hmm. being a talented quarterback is a lot harder than being a talented edge rusher yeah, from yeah, a talent sure. perspective wise. For sure. So and then number one, it's gonna be my DC. Is gonna be the DC defenders. I think they have so much speed on offense, nobody's going to be able to handle it. They have Rashad Ross, ran a 3-4. They have a couple other guys. I believe they have, um, make, not McBride. There's a couple other guys on there that run a 4-3, 4-4. They have Donnell Pumphrey, who runs like a 4-4 in the running back position. Joel Presley's a really good running back. I don't know if they have O-line, but Cardell Jones is a guy who you're not going to, he's not going to overthrow these wide receivers now. He's a big arm, but these guys run fast. Yeah, They're going to sure. be a deep ball, everything. They're going to score a ton of points in this fast-paced League and from what I've seen, they have a really talented secondary as well. They have a really talented pass rush, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be really fun to see how that offense develops. But they're my number one right now, and it's going to be really interesting to see how that kind of develops. They're my number one. Guardians number two, Dallas Renegades number three, Seattle Dragons number four. Then it was it's the it was the Houston Roughnecks at five, correct? Yeah. yeah. Houston Roughnecks at five, uh, the Vipers at six, Wildcats at seven, and then St. Louis at eight. St. Louis could surprise me. I don't know, but I just I'm not super high on them. I think all of them can. They all can. We don't know anything oh, yeah. yet. Yeah, we exactly. don't know anything yet. Exactly. That's something we gotta that's realize. Why I, that's why I have no opinions on this yet. I mean, I gotta watch some games. I gotta see. I know. Uh, After this first film. week, we'll have a little bit more of a take. But we also gotta realize this is the first week. It's a yep. small sample size. So, but I'm super excited, man. I just. Do you know there's fantasy too? Daily fantasy? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited uh-huh. for that. This first week's going to be a shit show. <laughs> Nobody knows who's playing, man. Hey, it's, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to find out, man. Yeah. Oh, this is exciting. So. I know, man. So, we have anything else to talk about? Anything else you want to talk yeah, about, man? No. I'm just uh, ready for this uh, product. Just All football. Right. Just Absolutely. The gridiron. All right. Do you have anything you want to shout out, like social media wise or anything like that? And uh, shout out to my Twitter page, Rolf <laughs> underscore five. Come follow me. You know, if, uh, Make sure you follow him. I'm going to have his um, Twitter handle up on my, yep. on the guard post Twitter page as well, just so you guys can follow him. And then this show is going to show up on, it's going to be Tuesday when this comes out. So make sure you know, this is going to be coming out pretty much every Tuesday. We'll probably record Mondays, maybe Wednesdays if our schedules get jumbled up, but this will show will be coming out where we cover just the XFL in general every Monday. Every nah, We'll be recording every Monday, coming out Tuesday or Wednesday. And then hopefully we'll see how this gets received. We might make a Twitter page for this. We might not. We'll see. But it's going to be coming out under the guard posts um, feed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and any other podcast um, thing you listen to. Excited to have you guys along for this. Excited to create this with uh, Rolf here. It's going to be a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, being here. And we'll see you later. I'm going to go ahead and hit the outro now.
Thank you.